Hello, I have Millie America again uh, here today with me. I'm so grateful to have you back. Thank um, you. We're going to have some really deep conversation uh, about some things we really haven't been able to talk about the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, we've kind of been in a place of uh, being afraid to discuss this, these topics, this topic in particular, but we both feel like it's time. Uh, to discuss um, COVID, living with COVID for the past two and a half years and all that entailed, the trauma, the loneliness, the isolation, the feeling, the pain, the collective pain that has been in the world, um, what it means to be kind to ourselves and to others through all this, and maybe how that's kind of gone by the wayside, um, the fear, the stigma surrounding COVID, and how we are evolving and growing through it as a species, individually and collectively. And, and last but not least, the numbness that happens after uh, you go through trauma and difficulties. So Millie, welcome. I'm just really grateful to have you here today. I'm grateful that you are willing to be vulnerable and discuss your experiences and um, what you're going through, what you're learning as a result. And so welcome to the show. Thank you, sweetheart. It's always so wonderful to be here and share space with you. So... <clears throat> I got COVID two and a half weeks ago. I was in Florida and I came back up and the day after, well, well, the day that I got here that I had driven most of the night, I slept Thursday before getting my children on Friday from, um, from my ex. And I felt worn out. I felt, oh, just, it's like, I just thought, you know, I've been going, going, going for a week and a half mm -hmm. and I'm just, you know, but then Friday after I got the kids and we went to bed, I felt sick, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a, like, it, it, I mean, I felt like I was coming down with something, mm -hmm. but it was sometime around eight or nine o'clock at night that I felt my brain on fire. Mm. I felt, a, I heard a pop and I was like, Did I just have an aneurysm or, wow. because I felt this massive headache and a pop yes. in my head. And then I got up the kids were sleeping with me and I came to the living room and I, I had a very high fever. I didn't have a, a thermometer, but I mean, I was burning up mm -hmm. and I felt as if every, every cell in me was on fire. I mean, I, I, I would think that I've never had chemo, mm -hmm. but I can imagine when someone has chemotherapy, chemotherapy, the, the burning of the mm -hmm. cells to, I just, it was up and down and, you know, that was the worst night. Next day I took a test and it came out negative hmm. and that was Saturday. And then I kept getting sicker and I have two kids, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And I'm like, oh my God, whatever's coming through my body. I hope they don't get sick. So I made sure they were sleeping in their rooms and I was, I didn't breathe on them and I took care. But then on Sunday I took another COVID test and it came out positive. And there's something that happens with that awareness that you have COVID because there's so much stigma attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's because I had COVID before COVID was COVID. I had COVID in February and then we were shut down in, in March and I was sick for like a week. I mean, I'm sure had I had a test then I would have tested positive because I right. was sicker than I had been in a very long time and it lasted well over a week. But here I am two and a half years later mm. and I had not had COVID. Um, my kids have been sick from COVID. My ex was sick and they kept passing it to 
each other, but I had them. I had, I had been around people that had COVID and I kept saying, wow, I must be immune to this thing because I, no, I haven't gotten sick. And yet the whole stigma mm-hmm. of being sick with COVID, I immediately wrote on Facebook only because I, there's, there's this like, remember when we were kids in school, oh, he's got cooties, she's got yes. cooties, you know? Yeah. Like you're, this, dirty. You're, like you're dirty, you're dirty. Yeah. Like I, and there is the sense of isolation of you tell somebody you've had COVID and they immediately, nobody wants anything to do with you. Right. Yeah. Even there. if it's just uh texting or it's, it goes silent on the other end. It's not it even that they're seeing like you. It's gonna, like you're going to catch something over the phone, you know, or you're going right. to catch something over an email or, or through Facebook. You're going to catch something because I think and I feel that we have to change the way we handle being sick. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's if it was HIV or whether it's cancer or whether it's a heart condition or you know diabetes. We're so fearful of death mm-hmm. that what happens, anything that can tip the scales of what is normal, right, sends humanity on this weird isolation that I personally do not understand because I really don't I, I think and, and the loneliness that comes with it all you know I think it's very primal you know it it's, is it's very primal it uh it was in our nature if there was someone in the tribe that was acting different or wasn't feeling well uh you immediately go you know they other people become fearful because they don't know what that means for them and it's interesting to me that we know logically that, um, you know, a phone call or an email or a text is not going to make us sick, but there's still this kind of reaction, I think, from people that they want to uh, distance themselves for fear of somehow contract contracting that or even thinking about it. And there's been, you know, we have been like inundated with fear porn, I'm going to say that mm-hmm. for the last two and a half years that has, it's created, it's just made that, that much worse that we forget that people are human that are going through this. And, you know, and you know, there's so many, um, different COVIDs like yeah. in that virus strain, because I didn't get, I got very little like cough or anything in my lungs, right? but my stomach got affected so I was sitting on the toilet at the same time that I'm vomiting. It was like, oh it was bad. Awful, and I mean, and when my stomach is still, it was messed up before this and it continues yeah. to be messed up. But, you know, I have a, a, a very good friend who's shaman mm-hmm. uh, and he got COVID several times like last year. Mm-hmm. And when he checked on me because he read my, my Facebook post, he's like, you know, Millie, I, w- I was so angry at God. And at that very moment, April, mm-hmm. I read it and I went, oh my God, I am angry right now because of all the weeks to get sick, I get sick on the week that I have two kids and now I have to have in quarantine with me because they right. can't get exposed and they can't go to school, right. camp. And right. I was angry, like, why now? Like, not that I'm exempt from getting sick, right. but- there was all these emotions about the fear of humanity. I could understand why there's so much fear attached to it because I kept thinking, 
oh my God, the first two nights I go, oh my God, if something happens to me and these little babies are going to be left here by themselves. And yeah. like, there was this, and I don't ever go into that kind of fear. Like, that's not who I am, mm-hmm. but it, it was, it was a collective. I felt the fear of COVID and what that means mm-hmm. after two and a half years, the isolation, mm-hmm. not wanting to come out, not wanting to go anywhere. And I finally said to them like on day five, because they were sick of being at home, all right, I'm going to, we're going to find a park and I'm going to take you guys just so you guys can run around. Cause there were, I mean, it was enough being in a small house. Yeah. yeah. So I, I went to three different, I drove to three different parks. Okay. And I finally found a park that there was nobody. Mm-hmm. It took all of me, first of all, to drive. Mm-hmm. Second of all, to walk from the car to a bench, to then on the ground. And I just sat there in the sun for a, an hour and just watched them was a lot. It was like, even taking a shower was a lot. A lot. I only had yeah. enough energy to feed them mm-hmm. and take care of them and then collapse again in my bed. Right. And there's this feeling that goes with all that as if, oh my God, I'm alone in this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's because we've watched so many people die because of COVID. Right. That even at, I didn't get it as bad. I mean, I only got two nights. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it as bad. My, my body is still recuperating. Like I'm still tired, but I didn't get it as bad. Mm-hmm. And I think about all the people that immediately lost somebody. Like I know a lot of people that have lost somebody mm-hmm. yeah. first year during mm-hmm. COVID. Right. And then you hear about all these new strands that are just, they continue to add fear to, well, you can get now this one, this one, this one, this one. And mm-hmm. it has to stop. Yeah, we have does. to normalize. We have to normalize that there's a virus, mm-hmm. you know, influenza. How many people have influenza and, and a cold? I mean, right. no. it's, it's the C word though. It's the cootie word. And yeah, you know, my thoughts on this, because, you know, having, you know, <laughs> gone through through this um there is so much fear around death in the western world mm-hmm. and i think i think that's a lot of the problem is that we are insulated from it i mean i grew up in the west and in the west um a lot of these cemeteries are behind these really tall brick walls and you wouldn't even know that they're there because there's ivy and trees surrounding them you actually have to go in you know, to the cemetery to see, um, in the East, it's a little bit different because we have kind of that old Southern tradition of churches having cemeteries and this and that, but by and large, I think culturally and socially, we are insulated from the reality of death being a normal part of life that, uh, we, we make it something that we, we think somehow we're going to be exempt from if we stay away from those that are sick or dying, then, or it stops us from having to think about it. It stops us from uh, contemplating what that is. And, um, you know, I, th- I think it's very unhealthy. I think it's a very unhealthy mindset. Whereas in the East and particularly like Africa um, um, and Southeast Asia, death is a, a, a constant, like it's, something that is dealt with, you know, you deal with it at a very young age, you understand that it is part of being human, it's natural. 
and it doesn't, it, it's not something that, um, you're, you don't want to die, but you certainly don't obsess you about, it. you don't fear it. And I, you know, and I said that in my book that I felt like, yeah, we have, we've had a pandemic of an illness called COVID, but the real pandemic that plagues, uh, this world or especially the Western world, not maybe not so much other parts of the world, first nations, the real pandemic that first nations are infected with is this obsession and fear of dying. I've had two near death experiences. Mm -hmm. And so for me, death is not the fear, right? My, it wasn't even a fear. My concern with dying at home is the two little ones. Yeah. I don't fear death. I fear not living a life to the fullest. Yes. Not giving, not reaching my potential, not loving enough, not giving enough of me that I fear because, you know, our lives are consumed by everything and everyone around us. Yes. So if I'm too caught up in my own crap, I fear that I'm not giving the best that I can to somebody else because we're here to connect and to learn from each other. Yes. But the fear of death, you know, I was saying to a friend just today, we were talking about something and I said, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, um, Meet Joe Black. You ever see that movie? Yeah. Yeah. That death takes a vacation Uh and comes into the body of, well, Brad Pitt. And he decides that he wants to take a vacation in the real world and experience life. Mm-hmm. And so he then uses Anthony, the character of Anthony Hopkins, who's a very well-to-do man. Right. And there's a part in the movie that he says, there's two things in the world that you can't escape, death and taxes. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So we are born and the moment we are born, we're on one journey and that's towards death. Exactly. And one pay taxes along the way, but right. you know what I mean? Like, right. That is, that is why, I mean, if you think about it, the whole journey of life is you're born and mm-hmm. the entire journey is to get to that expiration date, which no one knows. Right. Unless you take on, you know, you, you decide today that you're checking out, but right. most, most of us do not know when our time dying is coming. Is Right. And, and yet when asked people, I remember I read somewhere, there was a survey, they did this. The biggest fear that they have in their life is dying. And yet right. this is the only reason we to live is to live, to get to death, to right. finish all that in between. The, rest, the in between is all a bonus. We are here on borrowed time. I could, I could go to, to the bathroom right now, fall in the shower and bang, I'm out. Yeah. In other words, you never know. I mean, it's, and so what COVID has done is that it actually has um, magnified, amplified mm-hmm. the fear yes. that we in the Western civilization have about yes. that one thing that we can't avoid. Exactly. We're going to, have, we're going to get there. I mean, well, that's it. it is, yeah, it's it. That's the only reason we come in is just to have this journey. It's in between. You know, many years ago, I was, I was a, uh, a guardian rep, I was doing social work and I used to have all the elderly patients that had dementia and I used to love sitting with them. And I remember I had this woman that was 98 years old. Oh, she was delightful. She couldn't mm-hmm. see, 
Right. She was just, I learned so much from her the year and a half that I had her in my caseload. And she said to me one day um, that life was not started the day that you were born and that it ended on whatever day, mm-hmm. but it was the dash in between mm-hmm. when the dash in between, like, you know, from, right. you know, when you're on your yeah, tombstone, the, the from, date. Right. that was the part that interested her the most. Mm. Yeah. And I've always thought about it ever since, ever since she left this world was, wow, how is my dash? Mm-hmm. How do I want to make my dash that space in between when I got here and when I leave? Right. That dash is what matters to me. Exactly. And that dash should matter to everyone. I mean, you know, we're, oh my God, you got the cooties. Oh my God. I mean, I like, like the whole idea of saying it, even people won't say it. I know so many people that get sick of COVID and you don't hear until way after they've been recuperated that I had COVID a few months ago. I'm like, why did you say anything? I mean, you know what I mean? I brought you soup to your house or something, but it's that fear that if I have COVID, you're not going to want to be with me. This is, I'm dirty. I'm, I'm nasty. I'm, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. You'll be rejected. You'll be rejected. You'll be abandoned. You'll be forgotten. You'll be, you know, mistreated for whatever reason. Um, And that's not, you know, that's been some of our history. So I get why people that, Mm -hmm. that in and of itself, like I understand, but that's sad and it shouldn't be like that. You know, we should, as a human family, support one another and love one another through those things as, you know, but we get we go into fight or flight and, you know, it's going to get on me. It's going to get on me. And we do that with everything, not just COVID. Mm -hmm. Like anytime Mm -hmm. people have an illness, um, you know, they will, you know, they can hear crickets a lot of times because this preoccupation with, I don't want to die. I don't want to die really makes people not connect with other people. And they, and the preoccupation with avoiding something that's inevitable also keeps you from living life fully. And I definitely discovered that through my experience. Mm -hmm. It's only when you can work through that and come and have some comfort with the fact that that is part of, that is as natural as being born. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you can really accept that, then life becomes, every moment becomes incredibly precious. And the, the, the dash, it's important. Yes. And, you know, last week with kids here in tow, I, for the first time in a very long time, I don't feel lonely. I don't, loneliness is not, I'm too busy in my head to feel lonely about anything. (laughs) Right. But I felt so alone, Mm -hmm. so isolated. Mm -hmm. And I don't get me wrong, there are people that did kind enough to check on me and whatever. But the scope of this, this virus is so brutal that it still keeps people at arm's length. And, you know, I felt the isolation in a way that I had not, I, I really did not feel the Eilish. And I also felt something that, as, as I said to you yesterday on the phone, I felt a disconnection from source. Mm-hmm. I felt a complete disconnection to this day. I still feel like I'm not quite back to the gifts that God has given me. I feel right. completely disconnected. Like I can't. Yeah my intuition is 
I guess the same way that people have lost their sense of smell or taste, mm-hmm. I've, I've lost my sixth sense. I, mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me that has gone bye-bye. And I, I was just telling a friend today, I'm like, is it coming back? And I'm, I've asked you, is it going to come back? Like, am yeah. I going to be able to have readings to people? Am I going to be able to sit with them and say, hey, you're, you know, because I, like last night, I woke up in the middle of the night. I, I felt something in the house. Now you have to understand that I live, as you know, in two worlds at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I feel the 3D world and then I'm also being bombarded constantly or, or mm-hmm. I, could, I don't even pay attention anymore because they're always around. It's normal. You know, ancestors, yeah. angels, yeah. you know, right. that people walking around all over the place. I don't even, I, I don't, I walk into a place and immediately I see them attached to whoever. But I've gone so used to it that I could, I don't, it doesn't make, right. but April, last night, I felt something in the house and I said out loud, okay, just knock something down because I can't see you. I can't feel you. Right. And, and I, I actually felt that weird feeling that people feel when they can, can't see, like I can see. Yeah. And I felt like, oh, so this is what happens to people. <laughs> That's why they fear the dark or whatever. Cause I couldn't, I knew something was there, but I couldn't see it or really mm-hmm. feel it. And I, I started crying in the middle of the night. I'm like, uh, oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. I was born with this gift and what happens now if I don't get back? And I know what you said and I, and I appreciate you assure, reassuring me that it's going to come back in a different way. I'm, I'm trusting that the same way that it came as a child, and I avoided it for so long that it's actually going to come back because it's who I am. Right. I mean, to right. not have a sixth sense, like I was at a supermarket two days ago. And usually if I go to the, I hadn't been to a supermarket, I hadn't been anywhere public and I'm wearing my mask. And this man, I allowed him to come in front of me. And usually when I look at somebody, I can tell something about them. That's right. why I'm, um, I can connect to their stories even without them speaking. Yeah. yeah. And here I am. I felt like, oh, wow. Like, I, I can't read. And I looked around me and I was like, oh, so this is how the rest of the world lives. Okay. <laughs> well, <poor> I, people. <laughs> I have, I have a couple, I have a couple theories on, on all that. You want to hear <laughs> what my theories are on all that. You know, I want those theories. Go ahead. And they're, they're really actually not mine. Like there's two sources. There's a physician. uh, I believe her, her name is Dr. Tina Moore. And she posted some studies on, so there's a neurological component, but there's also a a trauma component to this. So the neurological component is that it does seem that the virus affects the neurology, particularly in the part of the brain that is responsible for fight or flight. Okay. So, you know, that's why people lose sense of smell, sense of taste, and, and probably, um, at least temporarily they lose those things. And they also tend lose other things that are attuned in that area. But the other piece of it is, and I think it's not just one thing, like anything in life is never just one thing. We mean, humans really want to compartmentalize. This is it. This is the thing. But in reality, there's a lot of different factors and I'm a student of Dr. Peter Levine because I've worked through trauma and I'm still working. Now I'm working through another trauma. And, and uh, one of the things that I learned through that is that human beings um, 
one of the things that they do to cope with trauma is they, um, they, the brain kind of disembodies, it becomes numb or it becomes highly reactive. It can go one way or another. It can become very reactive or, or to protect itself, it becomes numb and almost kind of di a disconnected feeling. And I've definitely wrestled with that over the last um, 10 months myself, um, kind of going back and forth between the two. Whereas animals, when animals become traumatized, if you watch them, they'll shake, they'll slobber, they'll, you know, they'll whine, like they, I keep doing that. They keep, uh, you know, processing their trauma and they process it in real time. And because we're just very different in that, uh, you know, our prefrontal cortex and the way that that works, we don't process our trauma. We tend to like become like a deer caught in the headlights and we freeze. And, um, that that keeps the trauma stored, but it also disconnects us from our bodies. And then we have that numb feeling. And then all the things that felt natural to us before the said trauma um, don't feel like that. We feel kind of like disconnected from ourselves. And so I don't think that's an unusual experience at all. How it plays out spiritually um, is a whole different ball game, but I really believe that um, we'll be restored um, but I do think that our physiology has been affected. I said to a friend, you know, Target is hiring. <laughs> if I can't read, I'm going to have to go buy yeah. a Target or right. Starbucks or something because I, I, I make a living listening and helping people through yeah. a higher self, you know, right. through, 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 and, you know, I'm being too hard on myself. Yes, because you are. <laughs> I'm super hard on myself. Yeah, because I really I went today to Home Depot to get something, and I'm in there. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna read everybody. Walked in, walked out, and I realized after I walked out, I go, oh hell, I I just walked into it and out of Home Depot, and I I felt nothing. Right. And is it? And, and, and to be honest, I mean, in, in the scope of things, is it really so bad that I have a break? No. Like I'm on vacation. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm like death, you know, the, the, yeah. Nico Black, how he, he, Beth just came here to take a vacation with a human. Maybe this is just a gift to let me also not take it for granted because, right. because this is who I am and yeah. I could tell somebody's yeah. story without them saying much, yeah. I maybe this is a good thing. I'm going to look at yeah. it from a yeah. different point of view of actually having a vacation for my brain. Yes. Um, yeah. At least the headaches, I had the last severe headache last night, but it comes and goes. The headaches come and they go, but I mean, they're not intolerable. Like they were the first right. three nights that were, you know, something in there got clicked and I, I get it. And just like when you said it yesterday, and thank you so much for being oh, you're welcome. my sounding board because I really, for a moment, I was like, okay, yeah, be real good here when bills can't be paid and I can right. make me. Okay. Right. But it's one of those things where you go, oh, well, there's a reason for everything. There is. I've been under so much stress for the last two years because of my relationship with my ex husband. Yeah. That I haven't really taken. Mm -hmm. the time to just sit long enough with my thoughts and, and not 
connect to anything else. Right. So one of the things that I've done this week is like, I, kids come back on Friday, but I, I, I've taken the time this weekend. I did not get out of my room. I actually rested because I couldn't do it when they were here. Was I actually rested, but I did the craziest thing, April. This is so not me. I couldn't watch Netflix. I couldn't watch Hulu. Couldn't watch any movie, but I got on. Now you tell me where I want, I want you to analyze this because <laughs> do my best. I, I, I was watching American Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent nonstop on my phone and my computer for days on end. I would just like, just, just flip through and, yeah. and Grand Norton. Do you know who Grand Norton is? Yeah. He's yeah. a British guy who yeah. interviews stars. Okay. Those three shows are all I was watching. And I also realized that I'm actually funnier in Spanish than in English. <laughs> That's hilarious. I watch Latin American yeah. videos. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so much more humorous in Spanish than I am in English. Who knew? And Who knew? I'm not talking never to anybody. never a new talent. I'm you know? myself. I don't even know where this came from. And, and it's like, how, I can't. The hours that I have put in, I should get paid. I should get paid for watching these videos. The hours that I've put in to watching these senseless, mindless shows. Right. If there's a job for that, that I can, you can, can get an hourly wage. I can actually get paid for this. Yeah, no joke. I've never. No. I'm not. This is not who I am. I don't sit there and I watch videos. Yeah. I don't care. I don't. Well, and yeah, you know, it's the one thing that I've needed. Your body, your 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 mind is decided that it's going to take a little break, and <laughs> and why are why is that not okay? Like, why do we have this idea that we have to constantly hustle and produce? You know, um, and you know, look, we're all going to have to process this. Mm-hmm. There is no way out but through. Mm-hmm. And. If your mind says, you know what, you're going to watch cooking shows all day today. Oh, that too. And that's all you're going to do because you, you need to take a breather. This is it's, you know, the thing is Millie is you serve others and you love other people and you're about helping people. And for whatever reason, your higher self has decided that it's now time for you to slow down and help you. Mm. And I think that's the thing. Like I told a friend that this morning, she was like, well, did you try that product? I sent you because I still have issues with my throat. And I'm like, you know, I really am so much more comfortable doing stuff for you and everybody else. Like it's hard for me to like do that, but I don't think there is an option. Here's the thing, you know, we've had little traumas, little things go on in our lives all through our lives. And I won't say they're little because trauma is not little for anybody that's had trauma. Some of them are quite big, but we've had a sustained trauma for two and a half years. And we've had forces that have continually reinforced that fear over and over and over again. I, I, I would be be remiss to say that there's not going to be a consequence for that in terms of our emotional and mental and physical health meaning that we will have to process this. There, there's just no a way around that. And if that means watching cook, cooking shows for three days and just checking out, uh, bypassing for a few days, it's okay. <laughs> I laugh because I hate to cook. Yeah. I'm watching these shows 
I wonder who I could pay to just come in my kitchen and cook me all these delicious food. I know. Well, I might take that job because <laughs> I do like to cook. Um, Come over. Oh man. Um, <coughs> you know, needless to say, it's, we can't think that just because it's on the down slope, all of this, that we don't have work to do in terms of what this has done to us on a personal and collective level. Like mm-hmm. we don't get to skip that. And I think too, I think the other thing that's happening and I'm just going to come from a Gene Keys slash human design perspective that we are, as a species are evolving mm-hmm. uh, physically uh, in terms of what this is doing to our physiology. Like, you, you know, you don't even have to come from this. You can, you can look at it from a scientific point of view as well. There's definitely some physiological changes that have taken place. And when that happens, I think it's important too, that we take time to integrate those things. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that we're going to be necessarily allowed to be who we were, but I think that who we are becoming, it's going to be good and it's going to be okay. It's yeah. just, it's just being patient and you know kind to ourselves and each other as we normalize normalize the fact that you can get sick and you're gonna get sick yeah (laughs) you're likely you're gonna get sick i mean you know whether you have kids i mean unless you're isolated and you don't go anywhere you're living among people that are going to get sick right be kind to each other yes you know be kind, even if you don't agree with a person's choice to get vaccinated or not vaccinated. Right. That's a whole different subject. Yes. But be kind. Yes. Because ultimately, we're here on this beautiful earth mm-hmm. and we experience something that never in our history have we experienced as a global phenomenon. Yes. And the fact that we can be nasty to somebody because of the choices that they made. <sighs> what are you doing to? the collective what are you right. doing to add the energy all in all we're here to i mean i mean april the only reason i'm here and you're here and everyone mm. who's watching this is here is not to you know work and pay bills right you are here to learn from one yes. another yes. you're here to collect all these lessons in your life which are karmic which are what you chose to come here to do in this right and you know, in this incarnation, you came here to consume knowledge, right? And to share that knowledge. Yeah. And if we get sick, and then we have to feel guilty, or we feel ashamed, or we feel this sense of isolation, we're learning, we've learned nothing. We've learned nothing. That's right. We're going backwards. We're not even going forward. We're we're going backwards. We're going back into what we've been doing, which hasn't exactly been working. And here's the thing too, can you, can we put ourselves in the shoes of another? Can we attempt to understand the choices of another person? What might have led up to those choices? How maybe their experiences and perceptions differ from ours? You know, it's very tempting to want to like polarize, well, them, they, didn't do this or they did this. And it's like, that's not helping because, you know, we should, it's an adult thing to be able to agree to disagree. From my perspective, this was the right thing to do. And from my perspective, I wouldn't have chosen what you decided to do. 
but that doesn't make you my enemy. You know, I can respect the fact that based on what you understand and what was true for you in terms mm-hmm. of your perception and your experiences, that the choices that you made were your choices and you were, you have sovereignty to make them right. And at the same time, can you put yourself in my shoes and look at something from my perspective and respect the fact that I had very good reasons for making the choices that I made? You know, that's what we, as, as a collective, we need to be able to do that. We need to be able to move past the schoolyard bully thing. Mm. You know, uh, I don't, you know, when you were, I remember I had a teacher that did this experiment and she said, um, who has brown eyes? And some of the kids raised their hands. Who has blue eyes? And some of the kids raised their hands. Well, who has green eyes? And I and a few other people raised their hands. Well, the green-eyed people are the bad people, you know. And then all of a sudden, the blue eyes and the and the brown-eyed kids are gaining up together against the green-eyed people uh, that aren't like this other group. And and that's just so like in our history to do to one another. Mm. Oh my God, that's powerful. You know, it's what we've done, right? For and mm-hmm. it's not working. We have to evolve past this. We have to grow past this. And I think that this has given us a really good opportunity to do it. You know, we all come from the level of our awareness and how we have experienced our our history. Yes. Okay. So I have a gay son. Uh-huh. And I remember when he was growing up, I could not understand how I was going to deal with a gay son because I didn't know any gay people right in the Hispanic community back 20 odd years ago it was very difficult I mean I didn't have any gay friends and then I started having gay friends and I was like okay you know what at least he'll decorate my house I mean in my mind yeah because of the lack of awareness of where I was coming from it was it was extremely difficult for me to understand where I was going with this or how to help him yeah and once you leave your little brain and what you know and you expanded and learn about things that might scare you whether it's covid or whether it's homosexuality or whatever right when you leave that comfort zone when you allow yourself to expand oh wow your brain's not going to break mm-hmm. you can actually return back to compassion yes for each other Yes. It's when we stay in these little boxes of what we're told that we need to think mm-hmm. or how to think or how to react or how to act or how to hate because yeah. we're really good about taking that order. Yes, we we're are. awesome as a society. Yeah. Yes. To take the order of hate, 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 hate. If you're not this way, then you're wrong and you're bad. And this right. is the way it's supposed to be. And, and immediately, you know, religion is brought into the picture to manipulate the masses. Right. You know, fear. Mm-hmm cannot exist if there's love that's right that's right that's That's right so when you are not in 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 the same wavelength as somebody else you have two choices you either dive down that whole horrible toxic polarization yes yes or you can go wait i might not have to agree with this person i might Mm -hmm. not understand it but i can come from a place of love we're here i don't own this earth right you don't own this earth yeah so we're going to inhabit this place let's do it from a place of love yeah and that that absolutely and and the thing is if if somebody has cancer Mm -hmm. we know that 
you can't contract cancer. So we're more apt to help that person overcome their suffering. Right. Let's normalize COVID. Yes. It's let's it's part of it. our renew. It's part of our reality. Exactly. I don't, there are not many people that I know that have never gotten it. Right. I mean, at this point, you know, pretty much everybody's had an experience with it. Yeah. And um, we need to stop the stigma game with everything. You know, I may not fully understand another person's experience, Mm -hmm. but I don't need to categorize them as bad because their experience and their understanding of what's true for them is different from mine. Um, I don't need to do that. Let's also put a little clause in there because there are bad people in this world there are evil people in this world there are people that go around killing people or doing horrible things atrocities to children right that there is no excuse for that no and i i mean i could honest to god say there is there's a there's a line where i draw the line and i go yeah no sorry that's a a no yeah yeah i I, i'm 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 not gonna send you some love i'm sorry it's not gonna happen right but for the majority Right. Of our lives. Yes. We don't come in contact with that kind of no. horrific acts or atrocity. Let's stay in the place of love. Yes. I think most people, the majority of the humans on the face of the earth are nice people. They're trying to just survive. They're just trying mm-hmm. to make a living. They're trying to fig- feed their children. They're trying to put gas in their car. They're, they're just trying to live. I think that's the case for most people. And then there are those that have really lost their way and they've forgotten who they are. And in the event that someone's either trying to control or coerce or harm, that's definitely a line. We, we need to draw a line, but, but you know, there's very few instances we need to do that. And we're treating, we're treating people in a way that is not you know, like you said, it's like isolating stigma, you know, the stigma that it's attached to things, uh, you know, categorizing, labeling all these things. And it's just, it's just not right. It's just not right. I may not understand something, but mm-hmm. I can, I can still love you. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. And I love you. I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me on again. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad we got a chance to kind of talk about this. Um, And this is, I really feel like this is part of our growth. It's part of evolving as humans and um, there will be better days. And, um, but you know, isn't there a song? There'll be days like this. There'll be days days. like this. Mama said. Yeah. (laughs) See? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. And we're going to get through this as a species as human beings, uh, but we need to love each other through the process. Uh, and we, and most importantly, because we can't give what we don't have, we need to love ourselves through it. Don't we? Yes. I think this, you just hit the nail on the head. I think that one, I just had an aha moment. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. <laughs> I think one of the things that this has taught me the last week and a half, almost two weeks is that I need to put me first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And if that means shutting down the part where I'm always on and connected with others, and I am so wonderful about showing up and loving others, it's so easy for me. Mm-hmm. I love, I love people. I love yes. connection, mm-hmm. but it's a theme lately that's been about 
you know, the same way that you give that to somebody, buddy. Right. Hey, Millie, how about you like looking in the mirror and doing the exact same thing? So maybe in the midst of my mojo going, I said to a friend yesterday, she goes, what can I do for you? I go, can you abracadabra my mojo back to me, please? <laughs> right. She laughed. She goes, oh, that's, that, that's epic. And I go, just, just abracadabra, just, you know. Yeah. But maybe the reason that I need the break is so I can continue watching my stupid <laughs> stupid videos and be yeah. with me and just love me. Yeah. In the same way without judgment that I do yes. everybody else. Oh, that's beautiful. So thank you for that. You see, I just had that. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So Millie and I are giving you all permission to watch really stupid cooking shows if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Do what you need to heal. And if it needs, if you need to take a break, if you need to disconnect, if you just need to be with you and take care of you, do it. Don't feel ashamed about it. Don't try Mm -hmm. to, don't feel like you have to justify it or uh, love yourself. Right. Absolutely. And I love you. Thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Thanks everybody (laughs) for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye now.